everyone, and welcome back to the Fan Fiction Tapes. I'm your host today, Maya, pronouns she, her, and I'm joined by... Uh, Riley Quinn, my pronouns are they, them. And as always, I'm my producer, Ian, and my pronouns are he, him. Today's episode is Trope Roundtable on the Rule of Funny. We'll be talking all about this rule and how and when it's implemented in storytelling. And it starts off with, what is the rule of funny? It's primarily a rule that affects world building and events within a story, saying that if it's funny, it can happen. Um, this is, I guess, probably the most popular example of this is something like Looney Tunes, where characters can survive being shot, stabbed, blown up, and burnt to death, and come back on screen in about two seconds. Sounds very much like the Rule of Cool. It is similar similar to Rule of Cool, which for those not familiar with the term, is, I've seen it a little bit more with TTRPGs, uh, but it is a rule that says if it's cool enough, it can happen. And basically kind of elaborating on scenes that perhaps should be physically impossible, but they're cool enough that we want to do them anyway. This is also uh, not uncommon with mecha and other anime. Yeah, that does seem to be the leading premise of Pacific Rim. Yes, and Pacific Rim is a phenomenal movie. Well, um, most of what I know about Rule of Funny can mostly be inferred from the name of it. I've definitely use the rule of funny a lot of things that happen in my story creating process absolutely do so just because it's funny to me sometimes that's a lot of suffering uh like the most recent case the circumstances of someone's traumatic backstory are very embarrassing (laughs) to say the least yeah you can say that and even in previous work just uh, sometimes it's the best choice for the narrative for something absolutely absurd to happen. Absurd funniness is what I'm all about. Yeah, for me, I haven't used it actually all that much. I think the main use to me that comes to mind is changing a major plot direction with... Uh, I was writing a Percy Jackson and Arcane fanfic, and... At the time, I was I was looking at somewhat mirroring some of the narrative, some of the like narrative direction in Percy Jackson, but I did want to change it. Uh, and primarily, what I was keeping was the humiliation of Ares. And around the same time, I was thinking of this, I came across a meme talking about how uh, a Tumblr user wanted to just be a lesbian on Wednesdays, and then real- referring to their D and D character. However, uh, sometime down the line, (coughs) they realized that they were trans. Being trans myself, I thought this was hilarious, and decided to shift Ares' humiliation from being defeated by a small child, like what happens in the novels, to having a pretty significant personal secret dressing up in drag on Wednesdays to the rest of the gods, individuals who are generally known to be assholes. Yeah, that is uh, 
one of the primary things they're known for. Uh, yeah, pretty much every every mythological god I've seen is known to be uh, queer in some way, if they're not being an asshole in every other way. Yeah, that uh, that actually ended up spiraling out into a lot of other just, okay, so this is just queer now. Um, just kind of changing things and rolling with it. Um, but it all started just because I thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be funny if Ares did drag on Wednesdays before realizing that Ares was a lesbian? And I mentioned cartoons earlier with the rule of funny. And there's something kind of specific to cartoonish media that is almost a, like a sub-rule of the rule of funny. It's called the hammer space. <laughs> and I got this name, at least, from the webcomic El Goonish Shy, which is quite long-running at this point, I believe, although I haven't uh, checked back in on it in some time, where the female characters have a capacity that is otherwise inexplicable to pull out a large mallet and whack another character, usually a male who has just done something utterly buffoonish, over the head with a hammer. And if you watch Looney Tunes for any extended period of time, you'll see Bugs Bunny also make use of the concept of hammer space, where a character can just pull out from behind them a required object without there being any obvious way that they could have stored it. It uh, definitely comes up in the Into the Spider-Verse series uh, with uh, Peter Porker. <laughs> That's right, it does. That is a uh, probably much more currently mainstream example. But it, it just has to work because it's absolutely funny. And I believe you were the one who introduced me to EGS. Do you have... Any other examples of Hammerspace? Oh, in in other fiction or um, in, in general, yeah. In general, like the main things that come to mind are um, EGS and Looney Tunes. Boy, there's uh, I mean, there's 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 kind of related things that aren't so much rule of funny as explaining Hammerspace, like. The the TARDIS being bigger on the inside in Doctor Who or um, the common, well, relatively common D&D magic item of the uh, bag, uh, of bag of holding. Yeah, those those aren't so much rule of funny. I suppose they are technically like hammer space. If you didn't know what was going on, um, like it's it's a common reaction. Commonly, actually, Doctor Who um that scene is kind of played for laughs sometimes when somebody um, meets the doctor for the first time, sees a blue police box, goes into it, and discovers that the interior is a massive spaceship. Yeah, and the uh, the bag of holding mention is actually something of a good transition to something I want to talk about today. Uh, the rule of funny and how it interacts with tabletop role-playing games. While the bag of holding itself a pretty well-known D&D item that allows an adventuring party to carry whatever the hell they want with them. 
it, that itself isn't really Rule of Funny. However, Rule of Funny does interact with TTRPGs in interesting ways. Uh, and often with more private home games, I've found, than uh, kind of the big stuff. Uh, a mm -hmm. common home rule I've seen is that a natural 20 will succeed no matter how implausible. And this led to, in some of the games I've played in, things such as rolling to look for ammunition without opening your eyes, leading to hearing bullets in a drawer on the other side of the room. Oh, you, you, you also hear about um, things like players trying to use skills in ways that should not be physically possible, but yes. because it's funny enough, the DM will allow it if they if they roll a nat twenty. You'll you'll hear about things like um, barbarians intimidating a door into unlocking. I I remember completely bypassing one of my DM's puzzles because they had this uh, object. I think it was like some kind of soul crystal, and it was locked in place it could not be moved by anything same rules as like thor's hammer you have to be worthy and there was gonna be some kind of puzzle or even quest line for us to become worthy of moving it and then i asked well what if i stick the bag of holding over it and then take the bag away <laughs> and uh he, he allowed it i don't think he was very happy about it but <laughs> Things like that. Yeah, that, that's pretty common. Uh, some tabletop role-playing games have situations like that more built in than others. It's not particularly native to Dungeons & Dragons, although I believe uh, GURPS, if I'm remembering correctly, has more allowances for that. I mean, in general, TTRPGs are a world where you are sitting across from the person who determines how physics works. Yes, uh, and if you could make them laugh, you can probably do it. And of course, given that um, this show was started primarily because of Rooster Teeth's productions, Red vs. Blue and Ruby, I want to talk about some of their usage of the rule of funny, starting with Red vs. Blue, which I feel is an excellent example of the rule of funny. Uh, many things happen throughout the course of the show that are, especially early on, best explained by Rule of Funny. Uh, one of the biggest inciting incidents in the entire show, the main character, Church, is shot and killed by his incompetent squad mate, Caboose, while, driving, while Caboose is driving a tank. Church then returns as a ghost to haunt Caboose and his other squad mate Tucker for quite some time. And this is, is played for laughs. It's intended to be funny. And there's no, at the time, no major thought into how this would actually work and affect the world building. Now, this is thought about in depth later on in the show. And in lore reasons for it are introduced later. However, at first, it's primarily just that. 
Another common gag is a soldier for the opposing army, Griff, is shot repeatedly by his commanding sergeant named Sarge. Realistically, after, you know, a, a couple of those blasts, he probably should be dead, especially given how Sarge's shotgun is shown to be lethal in other scenes. However, it's funnier for Griff to persist in pain and agony and still having to deal with Sarge than it is for him to simply be killed off. I think Red versus Blue also has like an interesting way of taking these gags that they did for Rule of Funny um, and then later down the line when they're trying to make a more coherent world out of this... When they're trying Skid to make the a world, period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they started around just, you know, there literally wasn't a world building. It was literally just some friends dubbing over their characters' heads bobbing up and down in a game of multiplayer Halo. Yes, and it was... There, there wasn't much of a story at first, I believe. It was just kind of, hey, wouldn't this be funny? However, over the years, the show does develop, and like Ian said, it's for me, it's really fascinating of the ways they manage to world-build to accommodate the stupid gags and just skid-of-the-week material. It turned into, at least for me, one of the most influential science fiction stories I've read. It was uh, fairly early for me in terms of reading kind of more Miltech sci-fi. <laughs> and so it influenced a lot of my mental image. That I was into Red versus Blue before I played Halo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my pipe my pipeline was probably the the uh exact opposite of that. Like probably like most of the early fans of Red versus Blue. I in my case, I wanted to play Halo, but didn't have an Xbox and wasn't allowed to play M games at the time. So mm. I somehow, I don't actually remember how, I did end up, however, stumbling across Red vs. Blue and was like, oh, Eric recognized these, these are the Halo guys. And then watching all 10 or 11 seasons or whatever was out at the time. The, the transformation of the show from in seasons one through three, where it's basically just shit posting, to seasons 11 through 13, which are really some truly phenomenal storytelling. It's impressive. The other Rooster Teeth property that I want to mention for this in terms of rule of funny is both Ruby and its spinoff show, Ruby Chibi as that is much more subject to Rule of Funny than Ruby yes, itself is. Very much so. And Ruby Chibi is essentially a Looney Tunes cartoon uh, done in a particular art style where many of the characters resemble uh, bobblehead dolls rather than, you know, living humans. And they get up to shenanigans. Characters are often flanderized, which is, for those unfamiliar with it, a term where 
a fandom takes a character from a show with a, they have this one bit it shows up somewhat rarely to a little bit frequently and extrapolates it to create that as the basis of their entire character the the name comes from the character Ned Flanders who I believe is flanderized in a couple of his sayings and particular religious leanings in the case of Ruby Chibi uh All I remember from Ruby Chibi is disastrous baking episodes and mm. um well yeah actually that's it. Yeah, the the villains are often kind of softened around the edges and interact with the main cast in a way that they never really do in the main show. It's done primarily for humor. Villains, rather than having schemes of, you know, xenocide, are more mischievous miscreants than proper war criminals. <laughs> Much of the chibi show functions on, is it funny? If yes, then it's possible. If no, then it's not happening, basically. <laughs> basically. Uh, it's been a little minute since I watched Chibi. I, was the Ashes skit from Chibi or was that fandom? Oh, God. I have no idea. Honestly, I would more expect that to be a fandom thing. But also, knowing what kind of a company Rooster Teeth is, yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Riley, Ian, do either of you have any media that particularly implement the rule of funny you'd like to talk about? Oh, my idea of implementing the rule of funny is making up the rule of dumbass, where if someone could conceivably do something that foolish, they will. For instance, Googling themselves straight by literally typing can straight girls sleep with other girls finding all of the books and resources that say yes you can find them if you if you look up you will find them and then just taking that as fact and shelving that assumption never to be reassessed again which is a really good way to let your health problems go as well i get a feeling that you made that mistake once upon a time i Growing up, ex-evangelical, and, uh, and also having a passion for science, I very quickly learned to take assumptions and do the right thing and not challenge them because I wasn't supposed to, like challenging my religious faith. That took a long time before I realized it's like, you know, actually, I should challenge this. And uh, that also resulted in not challenging my feelings of gender or symptoms of health issues that I was developing. And that was so phenomenal that I actually wrote and published online a 30,000 word wish fulfillment novella <laughs> of a trans girl getting everything she ever wanted and not even like crazy, perfect life stuff. Like every 
just making it as normal of a life as possible with a few little magical implements like just hit the easy button and be girl and uh yeah i i wrote that and published it and shared it with a lot of people and my shell did not crack until i had uploaded most of it i was like uploading a chapter every other day or so and gotten comments it's like ah that's how exactly how it was for me you're so good at writing the trans girl experience So, good time was had by all. If it makes you feel any better, I published at least one piece of lesbian fanfiction before my egg cracked. Um, <laughs> well, it didn't yeah. have any commenters about that one. Um, mostly because it didn't deal with the trans experience. Uh, but uh, about a month later, I had some realizations. Yeah, my story got pinned as an editor's pick to the homepage of that site for over a year. Oh, wow. So, it got a lot of traffic. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right, to round out today's episode, any advice we might have for writing Rule of Funny? Um, don't worry about whether something will be funny to everyone. Uh, obviously, I don't endorse making very poor taste jokes, but doing something that's just funny for you as a writer is worth pursuing, especially if it does no harm. Obsessing over whether everyone else will find it funny that you put in this particular thing will just suck all of the fun out of your story. Yeah, um, it's kind of similar to what I wanted to say. Is don't worry about making anyone else laugh. If if you're laughing, and especially if you're maintaining to some of the stuff we talked about in the first couple of episodes this uh, month, where we're talking about making sure you aren't harming people with it, and making sure you're picking appropriate targets, go for it. It doesn't need to necessarily be super plausible. Uh, as I mentioned, the skit with Church where he's a ghost for six seasons or something like that, it doesn't make much, if any, logical sense. But it was funny. And it worked well enough that it, it stuck as a part of the character and as a part of the show for the last 20 years. And that character is still kicking around today, in a manner of speaking. I suppose that's a good example of don't be afraid of making a joke that you can't reconcile with your world building because there's so many ways that can happen. Um, Red versus blue does that. Um, the uh, the whole ghost thing. Turns out Church was actually a robot AI the whole time. Uh, EGS actually does does this with their hammers. Um, they managed to actually incorporate that into the larger magic system of it, it being a fantasy comic and all. Um, and actually... Uh, I'm I'm remembering now something that I I wanted to mention here. Um, 
there's an old comic called, well, relatively old, old relative to most of the people currently on this call. <laughs> um, the Adventures of Dr. McNinja, which is a webcomic that I forget when it started, but I was in high school at the time. So that would have been in the early aughts. Um, yeah. Uh, it finished in, I think, 2017. Um, and it is a comic where you can probably guess from the name that the entire setting is based off of either Rule of Cool or Rule of Funny. Um, it is awesome, and it commits to the weirdness, and it is hilarious. So commit to the weirdness. I'm going to the check bit. that out. Because uh, I, I remember your recommendation of EGS, and I loved that comic. The first official storyline is called Meet the Doctor and His Friendly Staff. It introduces Dr. McNinja's guerrilla receptionist as the doctor, who is both Irish and a ninja, um, race against time to save a patient with Paul Bunyan's disease, an illness which turns children into giant lumberjacks. Go read. Go read Dr. McNinja. I'm going to have to. And actually, I can't believe I forgot to mention this today because I'm like, I woke up this morning. I knew I wanted to mention this on today's episode. Nimona. Originally a comic <sighs> book by yes. N.D. Stevenson and now an animated movie on Netflix. Stop what you're doing. Go watch it. Um, I am very normal about it, I swear. No, you're not. <laughs> don't be normal about it. No, I'm not. And Dad, to make you watch it, it has Judas Priest in it. You'll love it. Uh, many of the powers featured in Nimona, in particular those of the titular character, Nimona, partially function off of the rule of funny or rule of cool. There's not really a lot of as far as I could tell, physical rules defining how Nimona's power works. She just kind of does what she thinks would be funny in the moment. Gosh darn, is it funny? It is. It is one of the funniest movies I've ever watched. And genuinely so good. I can't recommend it enough. I also just love the concept of someone who clearly has the ability to change into any mythical beast, but still chooses normal animals like a flamingo or a rhinoceros or an ostrich or a whale. (laughs) And it's like the whole universe of fantasy creatures. And. No, it's all animals are cool. All right, Ian, do we have anything in the mailbag today? Well, we don't have anything in the uh, email inbox, but I happen to notice somebody has left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, five stars. Yes. Shit. Uh, This is from username Saga Will Continue, and they say... A podcast of totally normal people discuss things they are completely normal about. The group dynamic brings out interesting discussions, and there's a good variety of episodes. 
It's about fan fiction, but also the things the hosts are excited to share, from the Cosmere to the Dresden Files and writing in general. Listening feels like hearing friends tell you about the things they love in a way that is interesting and informative. Thank you, Saga Will Continue, for your review. And if anybody else wants to leave us a rating or review, please do so. Uh, You can also reach out to us by email. Our email address is fanfictapes at gmail.com. That will be in the description down below wherever you listen to this podcast. Uh, I believe you can also reach us on Twitter for as long as that hell site is around. Uh, Maya, you run our Twitter. What is our handle? Uh, yeah, uh, one minute. Sorry, I have to uh, not sob. <laughs> our, our Twitter <laughs> handle is at fanfictiontapes. Uh, I run that. It's somewhat active. If you tag us there, send us a DM, or tweet with the hashtag that I was using in Season 1 and then forgot to include for Season 2, oops, I'll be doing that more now. We'll see that, and if you send in something you would like us to include on this show, we will absolutely try and do that. All right. And before we go, Riley, do you have any things that you want to plug uh there's my website rileyquinthefool.com where my uh currently published book is available plenty of reviews on it now to get a sense of what it's about and other than that i'm just hoping to have my next book up in less than a year i'm looking forward to it i've heard some details about it i am excited (laughs) all right well I am and have been Maya. I have been Riley. And I am Ian. Until next time, bye!